Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you so much for joining us here on the program. This program is, um, well, most of the programs, if not all of them these days, they are recorded. Now, let me explain why I'm going down this road, because many people like to say that uh, let's do a pre-record, to which I say, how do you do that? I'd like to know how you pre-record something before you record it. I mean, I, I, I've never, it's either live or it's recorded. It's not pre-recorded. And unfortunately, I am a stickler. Why do I bring that up? Because I'm recording it on a computer. Computers uh, have advanced. I find it fascinating that we're not really being inundated these days by... Uh, Okay, it's time now to upgrade to the latest, greatest, fastest computer. I don't know how they can get any faster than instantaneous. But there's an element of uh, computerization and digitization that um, I, I, I am very fascinated by, especially from a lot of the sci-fi stuff. And it has to do with artificial intelligence and its role in our lives. If you don't think that it already exists, think again. And it is slowly but surely uh, making its way into our everyday lives to the extent that, <clears throat> if I am correct, and my guest will help us to understand this as well, um, it is also helping us to live a happier, healthier, specifically healthier, less stressed lives. And uh, we're going to talk with our uh, very special guest who is going to basically talk to you and me about uh, his latest work. Um, Harry Glurikian is an influential global business expert with more than three decades of experience building successful ventures in North America, Europe, Asia, and the rest of the world. Uh, Harry, you could have just said uh, globally. Uh, Harry, welcome to the program. It's great to have you with us. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me, Richard. Now, uh, uh, can, I be, uh, can I be assured that I am actually talking to the human Harry Glickian, uh, uh, Glorickian and not, uh, not some artificially uh, um, uh, digitized uh, intelligence on the other end of Zoom. That's correct. At, at, at this point, yes, that's, that's... But what you said is actually possible, um, much more than, than people think, if you just take a little snippets of people talking, I can, you know, an AI system can actually completely reproduce someone's voice. Do you, I don't know if you remember this or not, um, in radio many years ago, uh, they used to use what were called sound boards. Now you can find them online everywhere. And what they've done is they've taken uh, voice clips of uh, different people. You could go to Arnold Schwarzenegger, you could go to Batman, you could go to, to Wonder Woman, you can go to pretty much any anybody and um you could say for example dial up on the phone and you would start the conversation hi i'm batman you know and they would respond and then you would hit another button that would reply to or continue the conversation in such a way as that person probably would not really pick up on it today we now have the capabilities of uh, am i incorrect in this, almost literally having a conversation with a computer. And I'm going to use that word for, for, for the sake of a better one, because that's really what it is. It may be artificial intelligence, but it's still digital. It's still, shall we say, computerized. There's still a program. There's coding that has, is going on. Uh, would that be a, a fair assessment? Uh you know, to actually have a verbal conversation with it, I think we're not fully there yet. Okay. Um, to do it via chat or text, absolutely. Um, you know, that that's the, there's a test called the Turing test, which is when someone is interacting with uh, a system like this electronically, would they be able to tell if it's a human or not? Um, and passing the Turing test usually means that the, the, a human being cannot tell the difference. Um, but by voice, uh, I don't believe we're there yet. Otherwise, Siri would be a lot better at what it does. <laughs> and Google. Um, <laughs> but, uh, 
but you can mimic someone's voice. There are programs like Descript or Podcastle, and you just give it a recording of your voice, mm -hmm. and then you start typing, and it'll speak just like you do. Uh, the book that we're going to talk about, among other things, and you have three that are out at the present time, The Future You, How Artificial Intelligence Can Help You Get Healthier, Stress Less, and Live Longer. Now, if you don't have the first element, there's no point in even having this third element, and that being a healthier you and then living longer. Well, I wouldn't want to live longer if I wasn't healthy. I, I can tell you that right now. Um, and I, I shared this with you uh, as we started. My father is 90 years of age. I visited him at uh, Christmas 2021. Um, he's still getting around, still moving, still doing stuff, still riding his exercise. He is not a happy camper because of his health. Uh, and there are a lot of people who are younger than my 90-year-old father who are kind of feeling the same way. I'm 61 and I'm pretty doggone happy. I have made it through, I've made it through uh, the bout of high blood pressure. Um, they say that the gallbladder is the seed, one of the seeds, seats of anger in the body. And I had mine ripped out. Just so happens it was during the Olympics of 2021. And so I, I say I won the gold medal in the gallbladder clean and jerk. Uh, and before that, I was, I would get, oh, I spilled milk. Ah, da, 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 da. Now I'd spill a glass of milk and I'd have that. <laughs> okay, let's clean it up. I mean, and I, that's, a, I, that's the only explanation that I have for that. Um, but I've also reversed type 2 diabetes in less than a month and a half back in 2020. And... Anybody can do it. I've lost probably 15 to 20 pounds in that process. It was not a diet I chose, but I'll take it. Um, so I feel as though I have a shot at living a healthier life and living to be 100, 100 plus, because I have to outlive my great-grandmother who lived to be 100. She even got one of those letters, you know, like from the governor of the state of Arizona who congratulated her on being a centigenarian. Um, out of curiosity, Harry, uh, how, how, how would you feel about living to be 100, 120, et cetera, et cetera? Would that be, is that, is that something that you would want to do as long as you were healthy? As long as I was healthy and had my wits about me, I think, you know, and, and, and be able to say, stay engaged and active, mm -hmm. right? Uh, have 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 purpose and meaning uh, on a daily basis, as opposed to just sit there and age yeah. over time. But I would tell you that you know the person that is going to live to 130 has already been born at this point. Oh, really? Oh, with 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 all the wow technology, therapies, um, you know, monitoring systems that we can talk about on this on the show, mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we believe that that's already happened already. Wow. That's pretty cool, actually. Now, is it possible that someone, say, of my age could be that person? Or do you think it's somebody that's been born in, say, the last 10 or 20 years because now the tech and the technologies are getting better and better where we're getting very close, very close, I would think. To the technologies that we've actually seen on Star Trek, you know, maybe not the uh, original series. Yeah, well, mo <laughs> most of the yeah, most of the stuff we've been pretty good at doing from Star Trek, which was an incredible um, driver for most of the things that you see today, like cell phones and everything else. Um, I, I probably I would say that it's somebody that's probably been born in the last twenty or thirty years. Mm -hmm. Um, as opposed to maybe me and you that probably did a few things to our body earlier in life that we may have not wanted to do yeah. now in hindsight. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, a lot of the systems that I talk about is, you know, they're monitoring systems. You mentioned high blood pressure. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, if you had had, you know, one of these wireless blood pressure cuffs, where you could just take it at home uh -huh. 
you probably would have seen your blood pressure going up way before it became a problem. Mm. You know, um, and you know, you know the real irony? You know, what, you know what the real irony is? I moved to Santa Barbara in 2006. I was never diagnosed in Phoenix with high blood pressure. Now, I was, I was 46 when I moved. My mother has told me high blood pressure runs in the family, which I poo-poo. I say, well, I don't care. I don't want it. <laughs> okay. Uh, and it wasn't until I moved here to Santa Barbara that uh, apparently my blood pressure went up. Now, there's also the possibility that, and now I'm going to go back to the gallbladder issue, you know, as, as far as that metaphor for the seat of anger and, and frustration and so forth, <clears throat> that um, my gallbladder was very infected and I had one, a gallstone the size of a golf ball. And it is possible that shortly after we moved here, maybe could have been two, three, four, five years after we moved here, is when my gallbladder started to um, go down that path. That may have precipitated. Now, I'm supposed to, as of this conversation with you and I, I'm supposed to go see my physician in a few days for my regular uh, six-month uh, checkup. And we'll see where the blood pressure is. I'm only taking one medication now, whereas I was taking two. And that was, that's self-diagnosed. I've been feeling great. I have not been overdoing it or exerting myself. I haven't been angry or frustrated. And I know that blood pressure can rise even if you're not angry. Right. But, but um, I'm kind of looking forward to that, as well as having him draw the blood and run the A1C test. Because um, uh, I had uh, type 2 diabetes and an A1C of uh, 11.2 on the 24th of July 2020. Um, <clears throat> when I went to see him uh, the uh, end of October of that same year, it was down to 5.7. But it was down below that because I had one of those monitors, you know, you prick your finger and so forth. Yep. And it was already down in the middle of September. So, you know, uh, I had already gotten it down and it stayed down and it's not going back up. Sodas, I think, were the biggest culprit. But anyway, uh, side that. Back to the medical aspects. There are now machines. That's what we would call them, machines. They call them robots or what have you, but a robot is still a machine. Uh, there's, there's one that uh, is very popular, especially here in California, here at uh, Cottage Hospitals. I believe they call it, um, isn't it Da Vinci, something like that? That, Correct. yes, there's a doctor on, you know, who's there, a surgeon who's right there. But the machine is doing all the work. So it's a it's a human that is controlling the arms right. of the machine. The machine uh, can perform surgeries at a much 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 smaller level and at a much more precise level. Yeah. So instead of say cutting you open, it just has to make maybe two or three very small holes, mm -hmm. and the instruments would go in. Mm -hmm. um, in reality, if you have a good internet connection, technically the surgeon can be across the country or across the world yeah. and be performing the surgery on someone laying on that table remotely. I just, um, I, I just want to know who I would sue for malpractice, the doctor or the, the, or da Vinci? <laughs> uh, well, I, you know what? I would be surprised if somebody hasn't tried to sue one or both by yeah, now. Yeah, I know. I, that's, um, I say that facetiously because we, we don't want to go down that road, folks. But that's one of the amazing things. And do you think that eventually technology will get to the point with AI where they will input all of the patient's information, uh, the scans, all of the blood tests, all of the medical information that has led them, led the patient to be needing a particular procedure to where, let's just say Da Vinci with AI will say, okay, we know what we need to do. Um, and we'll even have the technology to where we can do a continuous scan, live real-time scan of the inside of the body while the instruments are going in, which you can't see from the outside without a scan, like an X-ray or an MRI, that kind of thing, to where... Now you've got surgical procedures, for example, are being done now without uh, a, a human controlling the, the instruments. So I have a hard time seeing that at this point. Um, not that someday the technology may not be able to get there, but I think having a human. In, what we've seen is that machine plus a human 
you get a better outcome than one or the other by themselves. Okay. We're talking. Um, we're talking with Harry uh, Glorikian, uh, and he is the author of uh, "The Future You," and it's just fascinating stuff. And I hope you'll stay with us here as we continue talking with him. Uh, as you continue to listen here on "Tell Me Your Story," I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it's uh, great to uh, have Harry Glorikian on our program here as uh, we're talking about the future you. It's just great, great stuff because. Uh, this can be so beneficial for so many people. You're also uh, well known for your achievements in life science, healthcare, diagnostics, uh, healthcare IT, and the uh, convergence of these areas. You've also sought, you're a sought-after speaker, frequently quoted in the media, and regularly, <coughs> excuse me, uh, regularly asked to assist, influence, and. I should say assess, influence, and be part of the uh, innovation, innovative concepts and trends. Uh, and uh, you hold four U.S. patents in telecommunications as well as others pending. Um, so you have an understanding, like probably most people do not, of the inner workings of what would be what would create AI. Um, Right now, the closest that I am to artificial intelligence in my day-to-day -day work would be my laptop that has Windows 10 on it. And every time I go to open up a program, it asks me, are you sure you want to do this? Like it's looking out for me, which it isn't. I know it's just part of the programming. But I have to still click OK in order to continue on to do any work. Um, that isn't AI, granted. But there are certain aspects of our technology that are somewhat um, interactive in that, you know, we'll put, we have put in some information and then it leads us somewhere else based upon that information to continue the survey, the questionnaire, the whatever it might be. Um, is, is, is this... It seems like the, the coding aspect has gotten so much easier as well, because I remember growing up in the computer age in the 90s with DOS. Yes. I wrote my first line across a CRT, and I looked at it going, as Urkel would say, did I write that? And what was amazing was I understood what I wrote, and I understood what I was asking the computer to do. Um, yeah. Whereas today... Yeah, I mean, things have things have changed a yeah. lot. Um, if you look at, I mean, there's a whole movement now called no code where ah. you will be able to take blocks and put them together and then the system will perform an activity for you. But I think most people don't realize that almost everything that they're interacting with, um, what, you know, if it's Netflix, mm -hmm. Amazon, YouTube, Siri, Alexa, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. any one of these things has a backend that's using some, form of artificial intelligence. And that's sort of a artificial intelligence is a catch-all phrase that there's a bunch of tools underneath it. And you would, you know, try to figure out the right tool for the right job. Um, but everybody's using it on a daily basis if they have a smartphone or a computer or they're watching Netflix, like I said, uh, there's something in the background that is assisting them or uh, trying to help them make a better decision. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the main things that I talk about in the book are technologies or apps that people can incorporate into their life that can improve their health, either monitoring. Uh, what I like to say is if you're younger, it might be a way to just be healthier. If you're middle age, it might be a way to sort of stave off chronic problems. And if you have a chronic problem, it may be a better way for you to manage and monitor that chronic problem. You mentioned, you know, diabetes um, and waiting to get your A1C. You know, what if you could wear a continuous glucose monitor where you could just, right after every meal, just wave your phone right over the monitor that's on your arm and know exactly what your levels are at that moment and be able to adjust your diet so that you don't spike your insulin levels. Mm -hmm. And that's available. Right. Or, yeah, that's available now. This is amazing. Yeah, no, no, totally available now. Yeah. And the AI system might say, you know, don't eat this, but here's three alternatives so that you're not 
totally having to give something up, but giving you an alternative to it. Um, and then, uh, you know, a wireless blood pressure cuff where instead of going to your doctor and saying, here's the one measurement that I did on this one day to here's my last six months of measurements. And it'll in the pattern is what the doctor will look at. And by looking at the pattern, they'll know if everything is staying good over time. Cause yeah. you know, that old thing, like you take your car in and you say it's making a noise. Of course, when you take it in, it's not making the noise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> by using these technologies, you're sort of looking at a longitudinal view of data. Yeah. And so when there's a spike somewhere, that longitudinal view will pick them up over time so that a physician can manage you better. Um, well, now there is a, a heart monitor device that you can buy that's connected to your phone uh, to, detect th to detect three different uh, heart conditions, uh, which just is, is unbelievable. I mean, even when they came out with the portable defibrillator, I was I was stunned because my God, how can they do that? Because that it requires quite a bit of power. And then of course I realized, well, it's not the power, it's not the voltage, it's the amperage. But anyway, uh, now you've got these portable defibrillators, and and now you've got a portable uh, uh, again blood pressure check. Uh, that's the one exactly. It's yeah, amazing. So I'm hol I'm holding up a, a product from uh, Alive Core, and it will do six different parameters oh, of six? your heart. Ah. And you can actually, it's not, it's like $90. So it's not, you know, it's not prohibitively expensive. Right. Um, and you can do that. And an AI system will look at the trace. Yeah. And be able to tell you if something is out of line. And then you can just email it to your doctor. So, you know, these technologies that I talk about in the book or apps are things that people can incorporate into their life mm -hmm. to help them manage their health better so that they can stay away from being sick or understand how they're managing themselves, right? So the biggest problem is, is if you're only seeing your doctor once a year. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, it's amazing. Harry Glorickian is my guest. We're talking about the future you. That's right. The future you, the future me. Um, and uh, we can have that future us today because there are already so many incredible uh, innovations, uh, specifically as we're talking here in the medical and healthcare fields. And we're going to continue talking about those things as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and we are so pleased to have uh, Harry Glorickian on the program today. God, what a brain you've got. Plus the fact that, and only those who are watching the YouTube channel know that Harry and I have the same barber. And that's why we, and I put I, I put uh, mine in parentheses. We uh, are so smart, so intelligent, so intuitive, and all that good stuff. But I wanna, I wanna dive into something, Harry, uh, that um, I find uh, that is going to be a little bit of a challenge for part of our one of our institutions. Okay, not the medical institution. Okay. Uh, and that is the fact that what you are uh, engaged in, in helping people to be healthier, stress less, and live longer, is totally contrary to, and again, this is public perception, of what the pharmaceutical companies want. They don't want you to be healthier. They want you to be sick so that you can take their medications. Uh, and and um, one of the scariest things about that is I was watching one of those commercials for a pill for a particular heart condition. The scary part was when they went to the side effects. The heart condition you're taking the pill for is one of the side effects. It's like, are you kidding me? Now, it may be only one half of 1% of all those people they tested during the trials and everything had those conditions. All right, maybe so. But still, it's like, are you kidding me? And then they tell you, and don't take this pill if you've had this, you've done that, you've gone there, you've been now. And I'm sitting here thinking, why don't you just put in there if you eat, drink, and breathe, you know? Uh, but there is 
that counter that almost seems as though it's going to eat into part of our economy because there are so many people who believe the economy is more important than than life itself, it seems. So, Richard, let me let me add. So, you know, knowledge evolves over time. And so we get better and better at things as we understand. And so there are genetic tests that people can take that would indicate whether they would have an adverse effect to certain medications ahead of time so that it, they can sort of decrease the trial and error. Mm-hmm. Um, God forbid, if you have some sort of cancer, uh, there is uh, genomic sequencing that people that would be done on the tumor that would uh, help potentially identify the perfect therapy for that particular tumor type so that you would get a better outcome rather than what we used to do in the past, which was trial and error. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the technology is moving forward quite quickly. And I talk about a lot of these things in the book, hoping that anybody that reads it will have a couple of takeaways that will make them more knowledgeable if they end up in these situations or they have a loved one that ends up in this situation, understanding how they would approach this um, more uh, with more information and with more information, you can sort of hopefully get to a better outcome than you would have without it. Um, but these technologies are moving forward very quickly. So it's not that the pharmaceutical company wants to sell you something that is going to have an adverse effect. What they're doing now is a lot of the new, uh, especially in oncology, uh, drugs that are coming out, you can't even get it if you're not positive for that gene sequence. Uh, so that it's a much more targeted uh, medication that will hopefully have a, a positive impact on the tumor. Um, there are also, there's a technology called CRISPR technology. Yes. Which I also talk about in the book, where now we can go in and make a single letter change in your in a gene that might be diseased in your body. And completely reverse that disease. Uh, Sickle cell is actually the first one Mm -hmm. uh, uh, or one of the first ones that they've done. That's all the report. Uh, Blindness, childhood blindness is another one. And basically that's one dose and you're done. Wow. I was born legally blind with three different conditions, nystagmus, stigmatism, and cataracts. And, of course, these were all hereditary from uh, my father's side of the family. Now, it mm-hmm. skipped my two older sisters, but then hit myself, my brother, and my two younger sisters. Since then, I've had a lens implant, probably still have the nystagmus and stigmatism. Um, and I have lost vision in my left eye due to glaucoma. Uh, I've often wondered, and I don't know where AI comes into the play with this, Every seven years, it is said that we have a brand new body because the cells are constantly sloughing off and regenerating and so forth. So that every seven years, you have a brand new body. And I ask the question, I says, okay, if I cut my hand and it heals back, unless there's a scar, you would never know that I cut my hand, right? Mm -hmm. Then why... If after seven years, doesn't my left eye heal back to, uh, let's say, a a normal, say, 2020 state in terms of regenerating back to uh, uh, the kind of cells that would allow me to see out of that left eye? Or for that matter, the right eye in terms of even though I have a lens implant and so forth. And that's always fascinated me as to why that does not happen. Uh, We have other animals, creatures on the planet. They'll lose their tail and it'll grow back. You know, it's like, okay. There are, there are people working on regenerative yeah. medicine approaches. Um, and there are some advances being done in that space, uh, especially in sort of um, uh, veins and arteries mm-hmm. is probably the first place where we're seeing that happen. But you're seeing some rapid advancement in that space. Yeah. Um, so, so stay tuned. But from, a, from an optical perspective, uh, there is an AI system where you would take a 
uh, image of the eye and it would be able to diagnose immediately diabetic retinopathy. Uh, Google is working on also a scanning system that you'd look in, take, it would take one image of your eye and diagnose 50 diseases mm. from that one scan. So you can imagine in the not so distant future, and when I say that, I'm like the next maybe three to five years. Wow. You could see something like that at CVS where you'd walk up, look into it, it would take an image, be able to identify if there was a problem. If there was a problem, it can then say, can you step into this booth through telemedicine? The doctor will see you and be able to interact with you directly right then and there. Wow. So many people that, you know, might not go to the eye doctor to have that exam done could do it on a regular basis because it might be part of their insurance or it might only cost a short, you know, a few bucks. Yeah. Get it done. But these technologies are making this care available and it's deflationary because every year that technology does more and more for the same price or less. We're talking with Harry Glorickian, and he is the author of the book we're uh, discussing and the concepts, The Future You, and I hope you'll get a copy of it. I hope that you will go to his website. Matter of fact, his website, interesting and strangely enough, <laughs> it's glorickian.com. That's G-L-O-R-I-K-I-A-N.com. And uh, this is how artificial intelligence can help you get healthier stress less, and live longer as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, I want to ask you, Harry, um, a question that I'm sure is going through the minds of some folks. Uh, and there are a lot of issues that I want to talk about here, but this one in particular in terms of AI. Where's the line between helping us to live healthier, quality-filled lives and playing God? Don't, I, I don't exactly know how to define the second part of your question. <laughs> um, well, uh, what let me... I will uh, go, what I will no, go ahead, go ahead. Like, I'm right? Knowledge, knowledge is power, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't have knowledge, you're sort of one step back, right? right. Um, can't fight a war if you don't understand what's happening on the, on the field. Right. Uh, and what these technologies do is bring knowledge to everyone that utilizes them. Mm -hmm. um, whether it could be something as simple as uh, a wireless scale where you can see you know, my weight's going up after Christmas. Maybe I need to course adjust in January. Something as simple as that can have a profound long-term effect on your health and wellness. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's playing God per se, but it's empowering you with the knowledge to take care of this thing, you know, this body, this machine that we use every single day right. to last longer so that you can have a healthier, uh, you know, better outcome. I mean, you know, I've, me and a bunch of friends are like, God, you know, one day you just want to sort of drop over, like just poof, yeah, like somebody pulled the plug on the machine <laughs> um, rather than, you know, deteriorate over time. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of these technologies will give you insight into postponing or even potentially completely avoiding that deterioration. Um, now, if you're born with a genetic, you know, disease, that's, you know, uh, well, it is but, what it is. Yeah. But with the technologies, uh, as you described with like uh, with uh, CRISPR, uh, we're getting to the point now where we can almost weed out some of those genetic uh, issues. I'll call them <laughs> genetic issues. You would, you can actually go in and fix some of them. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, I, I talked about in the book, there's uh, a number of places that are now doing genetic sequencing of newborns. Um, and they're identifying issues that can be fixed 
right then and you know early on right so that the child doesn't have that problem later on in life right um and so uh you know like i said the information gives you the ability to right know what you need to fix or or know what you need to watch um you know you, you hate it when somebody shows up at the doctor and like you said they have high blood pressure or now they're you know full-blown diabetic if they knew ahead of time most not all will make a course correction yeah. and hopefully be able to avoid that issue well you know it's it's also been said too uh by others we've had on this program dealing with alternative uh, health wellness preventative uh health care and so forth uh that uh there are people such as myself using myself as the example who prior to getting or prior to uh, achieving <laughs> type 2 diabetes, that up until that point, I had the potential for type 2 diabetes. It did not mean that I would get it, but that if I went down a particular path, kind of like your example of the wireless scale and, oh, I'm, my weight's up, so I need to course change. If I have the potential for that, then I can then use my brain to say, okay, what do I need to do to avoid that potential becoming a reality? Because I don't want it. Because there are a lot of other things that come along that are going to do me in if I go down that particular road. So, yes, if you, if, you know, the best predictors are uh, family history. Mm -hmm. So if you have it in your family, you should keep an eye on it. But mm -hmm. just like everybody, you sort of, you know, life gets in the way and you, you're not on top of it on a regular basis. But if you had, you know, something that was monitoring it, that every blue, you know, every once in a while you glance at and you see, hey, this line looks like it's going in the wrong direction, it sort of keeps you on track, right? Like a lot of these exercise programs will have um, sort of ways to gamify, make it fun to yeah. participate yeah. Yeah. and keep the person engaged. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're driving your car and there was no gas gauge, yeah, you could try and count your miles and know you when you're going to run out of gas. But at some point, car is going to stop, yep. right? Mm -hmm. And then you're in trouble. But having a gauge there or having that early warning signal uh, that says that something is headed towards a problem gives you a chance to sort of manage it before it becomes a problem. And that's what a lot of these accessible technologies now really bring to bear um, something as simple as, you know, monitoring your sleep. Uh, if you don't get enough sleep or get enough of the right sleep, things break down really quickly. Remember, like when you want to torture somebody, you deprive them of sleep. Things go wrong pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and so if there's a way to optimize your sleep because you're monitoring it, there's a whole bunch of diseases that you might be able to push out because your body is given the time to fix itself while you're sleeping. Yeah. As speaking of sleep and also the issue of weight loss, uh, I used to have a real problem with snoring. Now, this was when I was between 190 and 200 pounds. Now, I'm only 5'9". Mm -hmm. Okay. So, uh, but I will tell you that the number didn't feel good. It wasn't the weight that didn't feel good. It was that number. I says, 200, that's not me. I actually reached 200 pounds. I'm going... That number's not me. Uh, so as soon as I brought the weight down, uh, my sleep apnea and so forth, I don't know if it actually went away. I know that my wife would tell me if I was snoring and keeping her awake. But so far in the last few years, she hasn't said anything. So I'm going to take it that I'm probably doing pretty good. And the thing that people don't realize is when you lose weight and you see that on the outside, you're also losing weight on the inside. Okay. Correct. And so this is the way I've, I've, de I've looked at this. Uh, if you increase the weight, you can see it on the outside. But that means that on the inside, too, the tissues are now coming closer together and compressing different things. So then Correct. the body has to compensate with inflammation in order to protect those areas. And it pushes away and, and, and you get the swelling and all that kind of stuff. Whereas if you drop the weight, the body isn't going to compensate 
my aches and pains in my knees. Now, I did have to have arthroscopic surgery on my right knee for uh, a torn meniscus. Pretty typical kind of thing for people who, uh, are, you know, I bicycled a lot when I was a, a younger, up until about 36, 37 years of age. I like, I love walking. And I had to have that repaired. Once it was done, I was good to go. I have been fabulous on that knee. My left knee, on the other hand, though I haven't had it checked, every once in a while, if I overstress it, it'll swell just a little bit. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've kind of learned and listened to the body. So this kind of goes to the next subject I want to talk about, incorporating AI into our healthcare plan as we continue with Harry Glorickian here on Tell Me Your Story. And uh, we're uh, encouraging you to go to glorickian.com, which we will be linked to, <coughs> Harry, so people can find out more about you and your book, The Future You, here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And uh, Harry, I wanted to ask you as we continue here on the program, <clears throat> this this aspect, I know that I asked you about uh, that line between uh, just taking care of oneself as opposed to the medical community now playing God, that kind of thing, which kind of brings into the, the equation. Some people will say, well, but how do you know that the universe, God, the divine, whatever, however you want to phrase it, uh, how do you know that this isn't the path? For mankind to take using AI, using all of these incredible technologies. We don't. We don't know. Other than, and this, I want to ask you about this, other than checking in, as we've been encouraging people over the last few years to participate in the decade of the perfect vision, 2020s, going mm -hmm. within and listening to that still small voice. How much of your intuition plays in, in the the uh, uh, research and discovery and inventing of or or innovating new technologies utilizing AI. So if you think about listening to the inner voice, it, there's a lot of noise out there, right? So people sometimes lose track of that, what's going on. You know, my wife says, well, if you just have more and more in tune with your body, I'm like, honey, I, I got a million things to do. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would rather have, you know, some of these technologies sort of put it out for me, right, with data in front of me so that I can manage myself better rather than me try to always be in tune with what's going on so that I can course correct. Although I will tell you that uh, there are a number of um, AI-based meditation technologies that are out there that, that are making a world of difference in people stressing less, especially during this time of COVID. Really? Um, I'm, I'm a firm believer in, in transcendental meditation. Um, that one seems to work for me as opposed to a lot of the other techniques, but there are a number of AI based meditation approaches that really make a big difference for most people. And it can only, you know, a minute here and a minute there, it doesn't have to be hours. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and you don't have to be the Buddhist monk to do it. Yeah. You can be anybody, uh, at any age and it de-stresses you, which brings down your blood pressure, helps you sleep better, you know, all those things that, that cause problems, it can help you sort of align you a little bit better. Mm. Harry Glorickian's my guest. Glorickian.com's the website. The Future You is the book, and this is Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, I wanted to ask you, Harry, Harry Glorickian of Glorickian.com, uh, about uh, sort of the next level of AI, the next, uh, the, the progression, I guess, is really what I want to say, because I know that the technologies are there to allow AI to learn independently of coding. In other words, built into the programming is this feature that says, as you gather more information, more input from the outside world, you are going to start, quote unquote, thinking for yourself. Uh, so that would be, you know, sort of what people will categorize maybe as super AI. And I don't think we're anywhere near there at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, but if you talk about things like narrow AI, 
where you're having it do one thing really well. Um, it can learn incredibly well on that one topic, right? So one, one example that everybody will understand is, you know, uh, training an AI to recognize a cat, right? There's mm -hmm. gazillion cat videos on YouTube. Yeah. So training it, you know, you've got a, you've got a big enough training set to train that system. Um, but, you know, where we're seeing huge advances in this area is looking at x-rays, radiology scans, where the AI system can scan it and identify it for the doctor to say, hey, look in this one spot. Or we just had the first prostate pathology uh, system get approved by the FDA, where the system can help the physician identify uh, the prostate cancer uh, much faster than say the, the human being on their own, the two together have a higher percentage of catching it. So uh, in these narrow AI areas, we're seeing advancement happen very, very quickly. It's, it is incredible to think that man is almost literally creating a, a, a new, can I call it species? It may be digital, it may be mechanical, it may be a lot of different things. It's not biological. It's not car necessarily carbon-based, as we are, as they say. Uh, is that a fair assessment that man is actually in that that stage where we are actually creating a new species that we may have to modify our constitution to allow them to have rights somewhere down the road. I mean, you know, look at what we've been through just as, as the human race over the last 500 to a thousand years. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, if you, if you look at what everybody who's really living, eating, sleeping, the space says, uh, I don't, I don't necessarily see that becoming a problem. Uh, the biggest thing I'd probably be worried about is, uh, you know, autonomous AI weaponry. Ah. Uh, that would be my, my biggest worry if I was thinking about that. Also, people don't realize that, um, you know, a la Facebook and other groups that you know, you have a lot of information out there. If I have a lot of information out there, I can manipulate you without you realizing that it's happening. Mm -hmm. um, those are the areas that I, that if, if anything worries me, those are the areas I worry about, mm -hmm. you know, worrying about commander data from Star Trek showing up tomorrow <laughs> is not, although that would be really cool in some ways. Yeah. Um, it, that is not yeah. anything that I'm expecting tomorrow. Um, but there are robots being created that will, uh, there's one company I've been looking at where the robot will interact with children uh, to play with them and encourage them to uh, do what they need to do. In other words, uh, you know, if they're in the cancer ward and they're not hungry, you know, the robot may say to the child, well, if you, you know, I, I need to go power up to play with you more. Don't you want to go eat so you can play with me? And that encourages the child to then have something to eat. So mm -hmm. there are systems like that that are evolving. Uh -huh. Now, I realize that this question has already been answered by you in the last 48 minutes of this program, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Okay. In regards to AI and all of the pros and cons, uh, self-determination versus predestination, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The question that I always put forth when it comes to a lot of these new technologies and things that, that come about is, just because we can, does that mean we should? Especially with what you just proposed as one of the cons to AI. Um, there's a bunch of stuff that we probably shouldn't, um, <laughs> but, but you know, the, the best, you know, way to defend yourself is be knowledgeable mm -hmm. about what's going on. Um, I mean, if some, if you're not knowledgeable about it, it's, you know, 
the knowledge is out there. So you got to try to at least be on top of it. Right. Um, so I would not take information blindly. I'd sort of, you know, take a look at where it came from and dig into it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, it's, it's, it's happening and it's happening at a scale that time scale that is it's it's even you know shocking to me sometimes how quickly things are turning um you know i'll give you an example when we sequenced um uh god now i forgot the name of the the thing we sequenced holy crap um <laughs> it's okay it was it was one of the early uh you know things that could have been a pandemic and it took us three months to sequence the first one. Well, coronavirus, we sequenced that in 48 hours. And hmm. so pretty soon you're going to be able to see that we'll, we'll sequence the next one in 24 hours. Right. And so the, the speed is, of, of these changes is happening at a, at a, you know, breakneck pace. So I encourage people to sort of, at least have a basic understanding of what's going on so that they're not caught off guard. Well, I know, um, too, that our governments are having a difficult time with this continual changing of technologies and so forth, because I think it was in the 90s or something like that, or maybe the early 2000s, where our Congress here in the U.S., uh, basically they had no laws uh, governing uh, social media and smartphones and all of that aspect of technology in terms of privacy and what have you, there really weren't any laws on the books to govern that. So they had to come up with new laws because they they hadn't kept up with the technology advancements. And I have a feeling that the same thing's going to happen in this realm as well. But, you know, that's kind of the way it goes because the same thing happened, uh, but at a much slower pace when we went from the uh, horse and buggy uh, the, to, to the horseless carriage. Yeah. I'm, whenever I get the chance to talk to policymakers, my, uh, request from them is you got to get, you got to be ahead of it. you got, even, even if you're wrong, you got to get ahead of it because if you're behind it, you don't realize you're already two, three technology steps behind it, mm -hmm. not one step. Um, you know, for example, right now, Google is using an AI platform to develop its next AI chip. So there's an AI software platform developing its next itself for its own next generation. Wow. So wow. Um, these are the things that if you don't realize how, how quick and it's not a 20 percent improvement. It's a 10, 20, 100, 200, 400% improvement. So if you're not getting ahead of it, you're, you're, you're not one step behind, you're 10 steps behind. <laughs> um, but at the same token, if you think about how to incorporate these things into your life so that it can help you be healthier or stay on top of things, you know, there's a, there's the good part of it. And I, I try to stay on that side of the scale as much as possible. Um, every once in a while, there's a few things that, that ring my bell on the, on the negative side, but I think there's so much good that can be done on a human scale. I mean, all the technologies I've talked about used to be in the doctor's office. Now you can have them at home. And if you think about it, Pretty much any third world country pretty soon will have a wireless blood pressure cough or, you know, they already have cell phones. Mm -hmm. So they're not far behind from healthcare being much more available on a global basis to anybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I'll give you an example. There's a ultrasound system that normally you'd have to go to an ultrasound technician to do the ultrasound. Mm -hmm. The system will tell the user who has no experience at all, move a little to the right, move a little to the left, tilt it this way, tilt it that way. And you will get an almost perfect ultrasound done by somebody that's had no training. Yeah. 
I often uh, joke with people when I'm training them uh, in my field of broadcasting on the equipment that we use and the software that we use for sound editing. I said, it's simple. It's just very easy. Well, yeah, that's easy for me to say because I've been doing it for over 40 years. But it's like you say, it has been made so user-friendly. And that's that's one of the good things, the real pros in that regard. We're talking with Harry Glorickian. Glorickian.com is the website. The Future You is the book. I'm Richard Dugan. This is Tell Me Your Story. We're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true here on the program. And we're here with Harry Glorickian. And uh, Harry, uh, we're just about out of time here. I, I First of all, I, uh, I can't thank you enough for this a, a rather frank and, and open conversation about this technology that I know there are some people who are just absolutely jazzed about. They can hardly wait to transfer their consciousness to, you know, these kinds of things, which is a whole nother thing. I realize that's a whole nother genre and it may still be science fiction, but I, I've always said that uh, where science fiction goes, reality is uh, soon to follow. Uh, but thank you so much for uh, not only being on this program and sharing your ideas, but also for the work that you've been doing over the last 30 plus years uh, to help make our lives better in terms of the quality of our lives. I don't want quantity if I don't have quality. Correct. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. You are very welcome. And I do have three final questions for you uh, that I like to ask all of my guests before we wrap. But I do want to let you, the listener and the viewer, know that this program is here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., as well as 9 a.m. on Wednesday mornings for the special edition of Tell Me Your Story. We podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher Player FM, Blueberry, Amazon, iHeart, many other locations across the uh, breadth and width and depth and whatever else esoteric aspects of the internet uh, that you can find. Uh, we hope that you will listen as well as view these programs on YouTube. The channel Tell Me Your Story, Richard Dugan. Just look for the guy with the black hat, okay? Also, if you'd like to support the work we're doing here on the program, and uh, this program may not have dealt an awful lot with the spiritual or metaphysical aspects of life, but it's going to have an impact. It will definitely, uh, because you'll be able to not only discover and find your life's purpose, but also move on to fulfill it and live it out much longer. And again, we don't know whether the divine's intentions are for us to use these technologies or not. But I'll tell you what, if it makes our lives better and the quality of life better for everybody then I'm all for it. I also want you to support us if you can. We have a PayPal account for your security as well as ours. When you go to send any contribution to us, it's going to ask you for the email address of the receiver. And mine is Richard at richarddugan.com. That's Richard at richarddugan.com. And also participate in the Decade of Perfect Vision, the 2020s. We ask you to spend some time going within. Listen to that still, small voice in that quiet, calm peaceful place, that inner space that is absolutely 100% guaranteed safe for you to be in, all right? Uh, get to know yourself uh, and uh, who you really are, both the light and the shadow side, because it's all of that from one end to the other that makes you who you are, that makes me who I am. So we hope that you will spend some time doing that. All right, to the three questions on this game show as we wrap up the program in the, in the lightning round of Tell Me Your Story. <laughs> That's how I feel sometimes, uh, Harry. The first question is, who is Harry Glorickian? Um, I'm a venture capitalist. I'm, I invest in the space and spend a lot of time looking at the technologies. I also write books. I have my own podcast where I interview people in the industry. Um, and... You know, a father and uh, hopefully all around good guy. That's that's pretty much me. <laughs> what is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you're doing now? Oh, I I, I want to make a help people make a positive impact on their lives. I, I hope that you know people will you know potentially read the book and take away one thing that they can incorporate into their lives that would improve their health and wellness or the health and wellness of someone that they love or, or, or take care of. Um, and the companies that I try to invest in 
I hope they have a profound impact on the health and wellness of a broader, you know, audience. And finally, what is your life's purpose? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, Well, first and foremost, be a good husband and a good father to my kids and a good family person. But at the same time, it's, again, it's, I get so excited about these, these technologies and the impact they have on people's health and how we can eradicate certain diseases and, and help people live a healthier, happier life that, uh, you know, when I take biology and I take technology and I put them together, that's the only direction that I see it all going in. Mm. Well, Harry Glorickian, thank you again uh, for being here with us here on the program. We hope to have you back again to talk more because you have a couple of other books out there. Matter of fact, uh, tell us about those two other books real quickly, if you would. Well, one of them is a textbook. It's about how to commercialize uh, diagnostic products. Okay. Um, and, and the other book is called Moneyball Medicine, uh, which was my first sort of uh, at, let's say a normal book, uh, as opposed to a textbook, <laughs> uh, which uh, describes how data and technology is going to change medicine and life sciences. Hmm. Well, Harry, again, thank you so much for joining us here on the program and uh, for, to your family for giving uh, us this time with you. Uh, we continue uh, to wish you much success in the work that you're doing to make our lives uh, healthier. Uh, less stressed as well as longer uh, with all three elements working together uh, to help make this world a better place. And we appreciate uh, what you have contributed to our world already. And I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to lol.